Welcome to the Hen L Sports Podcast with your hosts, Henry and Elliot. Let's get right into college football. Alabama is an absolute powerhouse. Tua Tagovailoa is an absolute beast, and they have three possible first-round picks in their receiving corps. So, with the conference they're in, the SEC, the SEC, there's multiple, I repeat, multiple different teams that could make the playoffs that they're competing for. We have five-ranked LSU, Georgia. There's just different different teams that could make it. And remember, the maximum is probably going to be two SEC teams that are going to make the college football playoffs. So they're going to duke it out probably with their head-to-head matchups, which will be the tiebreaker most likely. The one problem with Alabama so far is their defense has looked a little shaky and they probably have been allowing too many points for an Alabama team. Clemson, though, has looked absolutely terrible. Everybody thought going into the season, Trevor Lawrence could possibly be the next Peyton Manning or even next Tom Brady. But so far, he has looked nothing more than a average quarterback playing in a very highly rated program and getting carried by everybody else with all the talent around him. But being in the ACC, there's really no other team. What else other team, Henry, do you think in the ACC that could compete? Maybe Wake Forest, Virginia. Other than that, there's really nobody. But those teams have also been playing weak schedules because the ACC is just so god-awful. So just being in the ACC themselves, just having that opportunity to just win out, win the ACC, oh, they're in. Georgia has a pretty easy, easy schedule for an SEC team. The really only tough test they have this year is um, against Florida. And they should easily come out with the win in that one. But Bama, in the SEC championship, the most likely case, that could be a game where they possibly lose. But I believe that a one-loss L- or Georgia team should get in over Clemson. Meaning that they win the SEC too? Yes. Or, or even without winning the SEC. I think they're better than Clemson, more deserving than Clemson. Really? But the committee may not necessarily give them that four spot because Clemson would be undefeated and a conference champion. So you would rather have two SEC teams than an ACC team? Yes. Really? I think that there should be either two SEC teams, an ACC team, and a Big Ten team, or an SEC team, Big Ten team, Pac-12 team, and ACC team. But obviously the Pac-12, now that Washington just for somehow isn't doing any good, I don't know. Oregon and Utah are really the only two chances for the Pac-12 to even be considered for a playoff spot. I really don't think anybody's that deserving because nobody there is any better than Clemson or any of these other top 10 teams. And Utah already having that loss, that unexpected loss too. Arizona State. Right. It, It was uncharacteristic of a top 10 team at the time to lose to an unranked team. Next on to Ohio State. So the Big Ten, very interesting. We have pretty much, so in one division, 
There's the powerhouses with Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, etc. And then in the other, there's like Northwestern and Wisconsin. That's it. Wisconsin, though, pretty much have an automatic to the um, to the Big Ten championship. All they have to do, just beat the teams like Northwestern, Indiana. And they already beat a Michigan team, which was a very impressive win. And... They have Michigan State coming up, am I right? Yeah. Michigan State this week. So, that'll be really interesting to see how Michigan State's best run defense in the country handles Jonathan Taylor. Ohio State has looked incredible. Speaking from as a Michigan State fan, Justin Fields is absolutely insane. Chase Young is an absolute monster. And even though he didn't play very well against Michigan State, he should be a top three pick in the NFL draft. Also, their cornerback, Okuda, locked down our number one receiver, Daryl Stewart, and he was able to help hold him to a very irrespectable game and out of characteristics for a number one receiver. Um, LSU kind of already talked about it. They have to go through Alabama. Georgia, which we both think are the best two teams in the SEC. And they have to go through Auburn and Florida. SEC is just amazing. Yeah. Talk about Joe Burrow, though. He is, if the season ended right now, he's my pick for the Heisman. He is, everybody was talking about him as a game manager. Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, you can even say at this point in his career type. But Joe Burrow has looked like an absolute beast. In my opinion, he should be the second quarterback taken off the board in this year's NFL draft, taken anywhere between the number three pick to and below. I, although I know I will say Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert, those guys are kind of are up there too, but none of them have shown me that they can put up the numbers like he's been able to this year. And also, you can't... Forget, Tua's eligible, right, this year? Yeah, Tua, I would say, would be the number one quarterback drafted off the board. I don't right. see any way where he's not going number one unless the Dolphins don't get the number one pick, even when they look awful. So I don't see any way And we'll get don't. to NFL later. Yeah. Don't worry. Over to the Big 12. I don't know how we left them out. Oklahoma, if they win the Big 12, I think it's a lock. I wouldn't say necessarily. Because unless Georgia just in that in that case you have a you have a undefeated Alabama you have a one lost Georgia team a one lost Georgia team or vice versa you have already locked in an undefeated Ohio State team an undefeated um, Alabama team and then for you could say two spots you have a bunch of teams you have. Possibly a one-loss Wisconsin team. They're able to beat Ohio State one of the times. Or a one-loss Ohio State team. You have an Oklahoma team with one or no losses. You have Clemson undefeated. You have LSU with one loss being to Alabama, which would be their toughest test of the season to really prove they're anything. And also a one-loss Georgia. Or if they were to beat Alabama in the conference championship, a one-loss Alabama. Which I think, in that case, the most deserving two teams would be 
Georgia slash LSU and Oklahoma, but the committee will probably choose the teams with the least amount of losses in that case, which would be Oklahoma and Clemson. This year, I could see a way where there's four, possibly, I would say four undefeated teams this year in Ohio State, an SEC team, which being Alabama, LSU, Georgia, shockingly, even be very shocking, Florida, all being, one of them being undefeated, Oklahoma, and I don't see any way where Clemson doesn't go undefeated with how weak their schedule is this year. Let's actually just go back to Oklahoma for a second. Let's just talk about how Jalen Hurts has just taken over that starting spot from Kyler Murray, which passed down from Baker Mayfield, both both being Heismans. And I, in my personal opinion, think that Jalen Hurts is the front runner right now Be- because of his taking... He just can run with it. Also has the most accurate arm. And he can... He's like the perfect player for the RPO. He's not maybe an NFL player, but he's definitely shining in this Lincoln-Riley quarterback-centered offense. As you can tell, there could be three straight quarterbacks, excuse me, winning the um, Heisman. So let's just step away from the conferences. Unconference, we have Notre Dame, who was in the last AP poll, ninth ranked, losing to Georgia at home. And so we have what's the quarterback? Ian Book. Ian Book, impressive, impressive outing against Georgia. Just that fourth quarter in Georgia, it's their quarter, like they say. Um. I think it's just very hard for a um, either a very low conference to make the college football playoffs or an unconference because they do not have a conference championship on their belt. Yeah, Notre Dame's a tough one because they have to have a lot go their way and they only really have what you could say one real test left. And that's, in my opinion, not even a test because I think this team's very overrated in a game at Michigan in November, which Michigan by then could be much better. But at the moment, they don't look like anything special. Um, back to the Big Ten, Penn State looking pretty well. The um, the new quarterback, what's his name? At Penn Sean State? Clifford. Sean Clifford, actually, filling in how um their former quarterback. Their former quarterback, his play styles actually kind of like him. And that's exactly what they want at Penn State because he was so perfect for them last year. Now stepping in as a freshman, right? Or is he a sophomore? I think he's a sophomore or junior. Don't quote me on that. But he's definitely been very on this performance he's had has been very unexpected. The one weakness they do have is they're not a very physical team. And the one game where they played a physical game against Pitt, they almost lost. They got very lucky to pull out with the win. But their offense has been very good, except when they're playing very physical, tough teams, such as Pitt, and could come back to haunt them when they play Michigan in a few weeks, uh, Ohio State, and other top-notch Big Ten teams. 
Um, Texas, as we said, they already, in the Big 12, competing with Oklahoma, they already have a loss on their belt. I just don't see a way they can make it. No, they would have to go win out, and still it would be tough to choose because there's so many teams this year with the way the schedules have been laid out to um, give them, even with a one-loss team, getting in. I do think, though, that they will be out of the playoff contention after this week because I do have Oklahoma winning in a very tight shootout. Dogfight. Somewhere up in possibly the 50 range scoring. But this could be the week where Oklahoma Texas season ends. I do think they could somehow spoil Oklahoma season by coming back and beating them in the Big 12 championship. But... This is a make-or-break game for Texas this week. I mean, let's say that they lose to Auburn. Or, sorry, they lose to Oklahoma this week. They would be what? 4-2? and two? I'm pretty sure. 4-2, and 3-2. and two. They come back, beat um, Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. That's kind of like the Auburn case in 2017. Yeah. But instead, they lost to Georgia. to Georgia. And then Alabama got in over them. Which... They had three losses that year, so Alabama had one loss. Right. Oklahoma or uh, Auburn then had three losses. Right. If they won that game against Georgia, there would have been possibility for the first ever two-loss team. But after that, I don't think there's going to be a two-loss team for a while until unless they expand the playoff to eight. Boys. Going back to Wisconsin, their quarterback Jack Cohn has been. You can't really tell because they don't throw the ball enough. But Jonathan Taylor, I'm speaking this, he's on my college fantasy team. But he has been absolutely electrifying this year. He had five touchdowns this week, four of which came in the first half. And he's lit up every team. And it's not, and he's at this point matchup proof because Michigan supposedly has a very good run defense and they were able to absolutely shut him down or. He was absolutely able to make them look like a high school defense trying to to stop him. Boise State, um, 5-0, weak schedule. Kind of like the UCF situation. It's just they have a weaker schedule, you could say. Yeah, the Mountain West isn't very good. Um, They're my pick to make. The uh, New Year's Six Bowl as a group of five representative, but nothing special. They'll lose. They'll get a lot of money for the program from getting into that game, but nothing great like UCF has done in the past, beating Auburn and almost beating LSU. Obviously, this year would not be close if it was UCF versus um, LSU because UCF is nothing at this point without Mackenzie Milton. And right. Joe Burrow is absolutely insane. They have, they already have two losses, so I don't even think they can make a New Year's Six Bowl anymore. No, no, definitely way. not. I mean, the AC, the AACs actually look really good. They have three ranked teams in SMU, Cincinnati, and Memphis, all of which are in the twenty to twenty-five range, which. The, which is good for an AAC team because they're ranked in the top 25 in the country, but 
it's all because they're playing week schedule. It will change a lot once they start to play each other and beat each other up. Uh, Arizona State. We don't like them. We don't like them. We are big Michigan State fans. We'll talk about them later. Um, we're big just Detroit fans, Michigan State fans, all that. But Arizona State, um, they've looked good. Their one win against Michigan State. I mean, they have four wins. Their one win against Mich- one of their wins, most impressive against Michigan State. Their defense really played well that game. Um, yeah, held Michigan State to 10 points, and that got lucky with the 12 men on the field. Also, the Pac-12 referees missed a um, roughing or leaping over the center on the, which would have been the game tying field goal actually. But it is what it is. You can't always blame the refs. Michigan State just didn't play as good as we wanted. Now on to Michigan. No one expected them to be that this bad. A lot of people were predicting them as fourth, third even possibly second getting into the playoff this year and they've been absolutely stinking it up. Wisconsin made them look silly and Jonathan Taylor ran all over their defense. They do have some very um, good defensive players in Josh Metellus and a few other guys I don't know much about their defense but their defense is definitely very good and that's what's keeping them in games. I just want to state, Shea Patterson is absolutely awful. Any Michigan fan who thinks he's remotely a top 10 quarterback in the Big Ten even, he's been absolutely terrible. He, he's. People were saying before the year he could be a Heisman contender. He might be in a few weeks possibly being the second or third string quarterback on his own team. Because the backups there in Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey are in my opinion, much better. And Zach Charbonnet, people were going off after his three-touchdown performance against Army. But if you look, he was averaging three yards a carry. He had like 33 rushes, I think, for 99 yards and three touchdowns, which is really nothing that special. They just happened to give him the ball a lot. And he just did okay with his carries. But three yards a carry is nothing to be super ecstatic about let me interrupt you for a second five years ago when michigan hired john harbaugh as the head coach position everyone thought this fifth year would be the year and just this would be his first year with all of his recruits being juniors and seniors and being veterans and them being able to put on a show and make Michigan Michigan back to where they've been in past years. Moving on from college football, let's just, well, staying here, just let's go to college football predictions. So let's, let's just, we have, it's, there's three SEC teams that we think are in the race, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. All, Florida could be there if they make some big wins against all these teams. Oklahoma, we think, is a lock because we think they, they'll they beat Texas. They'll beat anyone in the Big 12. But will a Big 12 team make it? That's what we don't know. At the moment, we do have 
this is not end of season predictions. This is at the moment. We have Alabama at first right now. And at number two, Ohio State. Ohio State has looked absolutely incredible. Justin Fields, another top five Heisman contender. At three, LSU. This will definitely change. There won't be a first and third place representative from the same conference. It would be first and fourth, second and fourth, third and fourth. Um, But Joe Burrow has looked like quite possibly the second or third best quarterback in the entire country behind Tua, obviously. And And then at the fourth spot, we have Clemson with the ACC easy conference, but they do have a conference championship on their belt. And they also have more time to get better. I don't think that Clemson will be this bad for the rest of the season. I think Trevor Lawrence will get in his groove. And until somebody beats them, I still have them winning the national championship until somebody beats them. But we have them as the four seed as how they have performed, especially against that game against North Carolina. But I do think if they play against Alabama in the first round, I don't think they will get to the next, to the championship game. Alabama will want to rip their throats out and absolutely obliterate them after what happened last year in that destruction of a game by Clemson's defense. You have to remember, though, Clemson did lose four starters on their defensive line, all of which were drafted, three or four were all drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. So you got to cut them some slack. The defense last year was ridiculous. They're still pretty young, and they're they're going to get better. They're not going to stay this bad for the entire season. Dabo Sweeney will fix them up. They just had a bye. They should come back a lot better. And again, any of this can change. Alabama could beat Georgia twice. LSU could lose to Florida. You never know. And then that could open a slot to Oklahoma for a Big 12 team. And you never know if Wisconsin wins the Big 10. They could be in over Ohio State, or not a Big Ten team could be in. Wrapping up college football, we have um, someone to talk a little bit more about us, in particular, player. Let's hear from our guest, Sam. Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State has 1,094 yards and 13 TDs through six weeks, leading college football and putting Oklahoma State on their back. And Devontae Smith went off against Ole Miss in week four, 274 yards and five TDs. And that's your college fantasy fact of the day. And now on to the NFL. The Lions are surprising us all. They could even make the playoffs. Being Lions fans, obviously, we are a little more biased to them, would you say? Yeah. But the Chiefs, we put up a dogfight against the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes obviously underplayed. But that could be to our pass rushing ability. Snacks, my favorite player on the defense right now. Just been attacking everybody. Uh, if I personally think if Darius Slay played that game and if um, our free safety, 
Glover Quinn. He retired. Not Glover Quinn. The free safety. Drawing a blank right now. The f- the free safety didn't get hurt in the first couple snaps. I think we could have won that game because I don't think I don't think they would have ever gotten downfield as quick as they did. And if Jared Davis was very was actually a hundred percent healthy, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have made that 20, 20 something yard scramble at the end to get that first down off that fourth down. And because the Chiefs called that timeout, if they did not get that fourth down, I don't think they would have had a chance. So, if Jared Davis was healthy 100% from that high ankle sprain that he suffered in preseason, I don't think they would have standed a chance. But on to the NFL, like, the NFL just, not the Lions. But let's just go through the divisions. And Well, before he starts to tell us about the divisions, the Patriots have been very good. Possibly the best team in the NFL. And in the NFC, the clear leaders right now, in my opinion, seem to be the Packers, the Saints, the Seahawks, all look like teams to beat. McCaffrey um, and Mahomes look like a like the look like they're gonna have a dogfight for the MVP. Godwin and Cup look like stars for year to come. The Rams are very underachieving, and it could be a problem with Gurley's health and losing a lot of key players on defense like Nadamakinsu and players in the secondary. Also, uh, Carolina has been good ever since they lost Cam Newton. Cam Newton and Kyle Allen is 3-0 in his first three starts. The Falcons have been absolutely horrendous and people think that Dan Quinn may be fired after the season. The Bills are surprising almost everybody, and they're four and one to start the season. No jinxing anything because they'll probably go four and twelve. But hey, four wins is not terrible. I mean, it's terrible, but it's not for a Bills rebuilding team. But let's go to the divisions in the NFL. So NFC East: that's the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Redskins, Giants. Redskins, I think they're out of it unless Giants make a big push with Daniel Jones starting. They're two and three. I don't see them being a wild card. I think the Eagles and the Cowboys will dogfight it out with their two head-to-head matchups. So it's gonna be that's a I think that's a conference that's gonna throw up. I think two of those teams in that division will make the playoffs. NFC North, I also think two teams will make the playoffs. Packers, Lions, Bears, and Vikings are in that division. Bears and Vikings both being 3-2. and two. And Lions, obviously, on the bye week, week 5, 2-1-1. One one. Packers with that um, punishing win against the, against the Cowboys in Dallas. So they're 4-1. That game, Monday night, next week, will be huge playoff. Um, playoff in... in Completions for the NFC North, especially. especially for the Lions. Packers can make it without a loss, but the Lions, it's a must win game, even though we're five weeks into the season. And coming off a bye, especially. Yes, they're healthy and have an extra day off of a bye because of the Monday night game. Um, NFC South, Saints, Panthers, Bucks, and Falcons. Falcons and Bucks, or Falcons at least. 
I don't Falcons and Panthers. I don't see them making. I think Kyle Allen has a great run. I don't think there's any way they can pull him through the wild card. Saints. I think they're the clear division winners. Do you think so too? Yeah, especially with Bridgewater starting to heat up and Breeze, they can hold out as much as they want. Because Bridgewater is just and Bridgewater's just getting wins, and that's fine to actually have. If they hold Drew Brees out for, like, week 14, that's fine because Teddy Bridgewater can actually win some games. And the Buccaneers, I can see them making a surge by only if they beat the Saints twice. They need to beat the Saints twice, I think. At least once, and maybe they can get a wild card. Jameis Winston's starting to play well. Chris Godwin is the best number two receiver in the league since Mike Evans is getting everybody's best corner. And I think depending on whoever gets the best corner per week, it's going to be whoever doesn't get the best corner on a team is going to go off because the other one's going to be locked up and and whoever isn't being guarded by the number one corner is going to have a lot more opportunities to have big games. NFC West, 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. Besides the Cardinals, I could see any of these teams winning the division, but the 49ers, I just don't think they can outplay the Rams or the Seahawks. And I don't see a way, I don't see a way that the Rams can beat the Seahawks, especially with Todd Gurley's health. He is, I don't know if you understand this, he has arthritis in his knee, which pretty much means he can't bend his knee without getting a little bit hurt. And that's just horrible for a running back. I do think they are underusing him a little and they're being a little too cautious. Because for a top five running back before this year, usually they don't get five or to 15 touches a game. They usually get at least 20, 25 touches a game. And he's getting 15 at best, and which isn't giving him a full usage and he can't really show how good he is because they're not feeding him and getting him all getting him going he's just getting stagnant carries every once in a while but let's not just say that the rams are underperforming let's talk about how well russell wilson has played this year i think it is either him or patrick mahomes to win the mvp this year and honestly with his running ability and escaping the pocket I just don't see a way any offensive line can or front seven can sack him four times a game if they needed to. Do you? No. He is too quick, too experienced, knows how to get out of the pocket, knows where to go once he's out of the pocket, can make big throws, big, big time plays. As you saw, that absolute dime to Tyler Lockett on Thursday Night Football and he looks like the best he's ever played. And right now, if I had to pick, I'd have them possibly winning the Super Bowl in a rematch of Super Bowl 48 or 49, the last time the Seahawks and the Patriots played. And all right. we all know how that ended. So, but let's, I want to talk about the Seahawks receiving core. They have Tyler Lockett, who... Very good route runner. Very quick and shifty off the line. Let let me talk about DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, I feel like he is just one of those players. If they needed to run a fly route, 
All right, they could say DK, run a fly. He could get past anyone, I believe. I think each team, most teams, have someone like that. Like, the Chiefs, I think they, um, Hardman, I think he could just blow by anyone. And they might be hiding that because they don't want anyone to know. Well, also, the Chiefs, they've been playing this whole season without their best offensive weapon besides Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill hasn't played it all this season. He's probably a top five receiver in the game. He's probably the best punt returner in the NFL. And I'm not sure if he's on kick return, but if he is the kick returner, he's also probably a top five kick returner right now. He's a spectacular player to watch. Super fun. We're not going to talk about what happened this offseason with him, but he's an absolute beast. Um, AFC... Let's just go to the East, Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, Jets. I don't see a way how the Patriots don't win this division. I think they can't lose to the Bills, in my opinion. I don't see how either of them lose to the Dolphins or Jets. I think the Bills can end up being an 11-5 and wildcard team. But that's just my opinion. I think Patriots win that division. AFC North... Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals, Bengals, 0-5. Absolutely terrible. Not looking Taking good. Taking for, my opinion, Joe Burrow. But, who knows. But, Steelers, unfor- unfortunate injury to Ben Roethlisberger, which will last the season. Mason Rudolph sev- um, suffered a severe concussion, I believe, against the Ravens. And, somehow, the third-string quarterback... On the Steelers, actually came out and did work against the Ravens when their backup got hurt. And I think this game, Monday Night Football, that is about to start actually, I think it could have major playoff with the Browns. They need a win tonight. The South, Texans, Colts, Jaguars, Titans. This division is the worst in football. It's not even close. Um, the Colts have actually surprised a lot of people with Andrew Luck retiring, which he was one of my favorite players. And they beat the Chiefs last night, which was probably the biggest upset I've seen so far this season. And you can't really blame it on Patrick Mahomes being injured. They they were at home. The Colts walked in there, had their game plan, and were able to beat the Chiefs. Um, yeah. I think it's either between the Texans and the Colts. Jaguars, Gardner Minshew, my reigning, or not reigning, my, if the season ended right now, rookie of the year. It's either him, I think it's either him, Kyler Murray, or Josh Jacobs. I would personally go with Gardner Minshew, just the way he's coming to the Jaguars, or to Jacksonville, and actually playing. Um, So... Yeah, I think only one team's making the playoffs there. The West, Chiefs, I think we all know, locked it up. Chargers need to step up their game hard to make a wild card case. Raiders have surprised us with a win against... Or not surprised us with a win, but 3-2, and two, especially after the whole Antonio Brown. That's just impressive. And Chargers, I think they can still make a wild card. I just don't... See, they need to step up their game. Um, 
Let's go to MLB playoffs, actually. And on to the MLB, we have not much drama so far. No one's really gotten injured. There haven't been amazing games. Um, I'm just really going to give my uh, championship series predictions and my uh, World Series prediction and the Super and the uh, World Series champion and why. So. In the uh, AL, I'm predicting the Astros to beat the Rays after, even after the 10-3 loss they had today. I still think the Astros will pull it off and move on to the next round, the championship series. And then the Yankees versus the Twins. I expect the Yankees to win tonight's game and sweep the um, Twins. And beat them without even having a problem. On to the NL. Um, Nationals versus Dodgers. I actually have a shocker here. I think the Nationals are going to win tonight against the Dodgers and force a game five. And I don't know. I think the Dodgers could win. I think the Nationals could win. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Because they will have home field advantage in a possible game five. But the Nationals ha- still have, in my opinion, the best pitching or uh, three starters in the uh, MLB. And they could win. Also, the Braves versus Cardinals. The Cardinals had a walk off. And it's now 2 2 going back to Atlanta, deciding game five. I think. Soroka will be on the mound for the Braves, and Soroka will win it for the Braves, and they will go on to face the Dodgers. Is it best out of seven? In Er. the championship series, it will be best out of seven. In the championship series, I think that um, the Astros will win against the Yankees. Their one-two pitching is just too good for the Yankees hitting core, and... I think it will go to seven games, but in the end, Verlander and Cole will pitch together and be able to shut the Yankees down in a game seven at home. On to the uh, Nationals or the Dodgers versus the Braves. I think the Braves will win in six games just because the Dodgers, Bellinger hasn't been playing well. Bellinger's really the star of this team. Muncy is the really only one hitting right now, and they need to be playing much better for me to put them as my World Series pick. And, yeah. So, Braves versus Astros for the World Series. The Astros, top to bottom on the lineup and their three starters, best three starters, are ridiculous. It's not even close. I do think, actually, going back to what I said about the Nationals, I think the Astros have the actually best first three starters in the uh, MLB. And I think this game, this series will be five games. I don't think the Braves will put up, put up most of a fight. And the Houston Astros will come back with their second World Series title in three years.
on to MSU football. We already talked a lot about this, but... Our favorite college football team. Lewerke has actually looked really good. People are really undervaluing how good he's played. And Collins looks like the back for the future. He has been really good, and he does need to work on being a, more of a pass catcher. But other than that, he's been stellar. Um, the defense has been good for all but five quarters, three quarters in the uh, Ohio State game, and two quarters in the Indiana game. Um, they have two first-round picks on the defensive line, quite possibly, in Roquan Williams and Kenny Willekes. Um, Bocce is the clear leader of the defense and the best of all the linebackers. Um, but Andrewton Simmons has been an absolute beast and should be playing in, on Sundays in a few years and has been an absolute beast. The secondary is a bit iffy, but Josiah Scott is definitely the best player in the secondary. On offense, we need to catch the ball. Um, if you want to have, if Cody White and Daryl Stewart want to be number one and number two receivers, they have to catch the ball. They too many drops against Ohio State. If we had and fumbles, any few more catches, we would have been so much better. But we had so many drops. If Cody White wouldn't have fumbled on that first or the second play of the game, that changes the whole game. We could have scored. It could have been 7-0, and they could have been playing from behind. Let's talk about our upcoming matchup, actually, against Wisconsin this week at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, So, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, powerhouse. Actually, their strongest feature in their offense is their run game. And our strongest feature in our defense is our run game as well. And actually, we are horrible in our back four, in my opinion. I think we are absolute dog, another word. <laughs> but I just don't think... I don't, The way that we just, our back four allowed Ohio Secondary. State's receivers secondary allowed Ohio State's receivers to get down the field in a hurry just one-on-one unacceptable unacceptable and that's why um their quarterback Wisconsin not the best actually a sophomore I'm pretty sure um he's just I don't think he's the best I saw a game a couple weeks ago forgot who they were playing and I just I turned it on and I see a pick just thrown in the middle of the field I just don't think he's that good and our secondary is not that good they're gonna focus on running the ball pounding the ball with Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor's been stellar five touchdowns in the last game Kenny Wilkes Joe Bocce they need to step up they've been playing amazing they need to step up even more even more to um I think stop him, and we actually think they could, but if they don't stop him, I think the game's over. I think Wisconsin has an obvious chance of winning if we don't stop the run. My score prediction for this game, Michigan State pulls off the victory because they're able to stop Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor gets his work. He gets around 100-ish yards. He gets his touchdown. He gets a few receptions through the air. 
but I don't think they have much of an offense besides Jonathan Taylor, and were able to put up a few touchdowns late and able to come out with a victory with a final score of 17-13. MSU basketball, obviously the offseason. Um, it's a huge year for Izzo. This could be like a great year for us to win the title. We had a great chance last year. Texas Tech, Jarrett Culver, Matt Mooney, my least favorite college basketball player of all time, Matthew Mooney, who played for Texas Tech University. I don't know. I don't know if he was on steroids that night. I just don't know. Um, Now that they're both gone, Texas Tech, they've got some recruits. But let's actually just talk about college basketball in general. We all think Memphis probably... Precious Deshua, James Wiseman, James Wiseman, DJ Jeffries, Boogie Ellis, all of those recruits are going to make Memphis into a top five team throughout the season. But they are a very inexperienced team with no real veteran in the starting lineup or even in the bench rotation. And that's going to haunt them come March. I think they could fight for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, something like a lot like Duke get to the Elite Eight, maybe the Final Four, but I don't see any way where they win a national championship. And being like the UCF of college basketball, they, they're they not in a division. They're not in a actual conference division. They're not in a good conference division, which they, they can get a conference championship. They won't obviously get a good one. But looking around more... Duke obviously got more recruits. Kentucky is underrated, as you could say. A lot of people are saying Kansas is going to be better than them, even Michigan State. Michigan State versus Kansas could be the best bas- could be the best game of the year. Michigan State is obviously a very good team. Cassius Winston returning Big Ten Player of the Year, possibly preseason National Player of the Year. Josh Langford, who we were without for 75% of the season, is returning. Maybe not at full strength for at least that game, but will be forced full strength by December. He could run some small forward too. And and have our Aaron Henry will start at small forward. He could be a lottery pick this year if he plays well, because he is very he was very inexperienced last year and didn't have much of a shot. He's a very good defender. Can do a lot with the ball in his hands. Very good playmaker. If he works on a shot, he could be very good. Xavier Tillman will most likely start at center. And he, in my opinion, this will be his last year. He's having a second kid and he needs to get money. And I think at the end of this year, he will be a first round pick. Because he's going to develop his three point, more of a three point shot. Be able to put the ball on the floor when he gets the ball in the post. And be a knockdown post player like Nick Ward was. Maybe nowhere as good, but still very good. And the one spot I think we're lacking, bench depth, fine, everybody. But that number four spot, the power forward, if Marcus Bigham Jr. can put on pounds, like my brother, sub, he's a little on the chunkier side, um, he needs to go on a what we call a sub diet. He needs to eat so much where he first becomes fat and then 
changes all that weight into strength, which would get him, in my opinion, that fourth, fifth starting spot. Also, players that could start there, possibly Gabe Brown, most likely not. Malik Hall, another possibility. Even Thomas Kithier, the lone white player starting on our team in the last few years. Matt McQuaid was white, but he's a different animal. Um, uh, even Kyle Arns with his experience. I think a lot of a lot of guys throughout the season will start there, and it, they're all about even. But Marcus Bingham has a chance to be the best. Um, Kentucky has a lot of recruits, and it's very scary how good they are. And a lot, they have a few returning players, Ashton Hagens, EJ Montgomery, Nick Richards. And they also have a few top 10 recruits in Tyrese Maxey and another point guard. I don't remember his name, but I know they have a very good recruiting class. Also, Johnny Yuzhang and a lot of other top recruits as always, because you know how Cal likes to get his guys. Right, and back to Michigan State basketball. I actually think Aaron Henry is a good enough defender to run the four position. As you said, there, there was a spot in. I think Xavier Tillman will be either a late, a really late first-round pick in the NFL draft, or NBA draft this year or early second-round pick. I think he'll actually go in as a power forward because he's only 6'9". I don't think he can run the center position in the NBA. I actually would like to disagree with that. He is 6'9". He can shoot. And there's really no such thing as a power forward in the NBA anymore. The NBA is positionless. And he could run what you could say the five still because he can shoot. And Kristaps Porzingis is running the five. At this point, if you're a five and you can't shoot, then there's no point in you being in the NBA because there's no... Throw it up to guys in the post and let him do work anymore. Pace, space is everything, and so is pace in the NBA, especially. But I think our freshman this year coming in, our first recruit, Malik Hall. Malik Hall, he's a two guard. No, not not Malik Hall, the other oh, one. Rocket Watch. Rocket Watch. I think he could start at the two position. I think he is good enough, and he um. So it will be Cassius Winston, Rocket Watts, Joshua Lankford, if he's healthy, um, Aaron Henry, and Xavier Tillman. If we want to run a small ball lineup against another team who's also very small, and we want to get physical with Aaron Henry, and I think Watts is a very physical guard who could give some other good two guards a lot of havoc. Um, to the NBA... Um, NBA, let's talk about some NBA great duos. Going back to college basketball, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Michigan and their recruiting and also state's recruiting. State has right now the number four ranked recruiting class in college basketball. I know it's very early, but they do have three four stars. They have AJ Hoggard, who recruited, who committed yesterday. He's a four-star guard out of Pennsylvania and goes to Huntington Prep High School. Maddie Sissico, I'm not exactly sure where he is from. He is another four-star, top 
40 recruit and a big guy. And Jalen Terry, a very small 5'11 guard out of Michigan who could be very good once Winston leaves. We're going to have be stacked at guard with Hoggard, Watts, Terry, even my boy Foster Lawyer starting as guards. Um, now on to Michigan basketball. Michigan had a very up and down offseason. Uh, first losing Matthews, Brasdakis, and Jordan Poole, also known as the dumbest college basketball player to exist. Um, and they also lost their head coach, John Beeline, maybe for the better, because, um, Juwan Howard, their new head coach, seems to be connected with a lot of recruits, and he is getting a lot of love. Today, Isaiah Todd, a top 15 player, cut his list down to two, Kansas, Michigan, <coughs> and possibly him going overseas. But I think the likelihood is he goes to Michigan, sadly, as a Michigan State fan. Michigan could have a very good class with Hunter Dickerson, um, Moses Moody, Niamari Burnett. Um, they already have Zeb Jackson. So they're, they could be a very good team. Are we ready to go on the NBA? I think I have one more thing. Um, Michigan State is on the on with probably a few more recruits, maybe one. Um, I think his name is Bryce Thompson. He hasn't really released a top anything, but Michigan State seems in the crystal ball on 24-7 sports as the number three team he would go to. He, the number one and two, I think, are North Carolina and Oklahoma State because he's from Oklahoma. And um, he also knows a lot of guys who could be going there, such as Cade Cunningham and a lot of other guys. Um, ready for NBA? Um, lastly, NBA, let's talk about our duos that happened in the offseason. So, obviously, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, we saw them in preseason the other night. Absolutely, they look horrific. Um, Anthony Davis, I think, could just gobble up every rebound. I think he got stronger, quicker, and put on more pounds in the offseason. And I just don't see a way that, like, an 8th or 7th seed could beat them in the playoffs. KD, Kyrie, they're not such a duo this year because of KD's Achilles injury. Unfortunately, he won't be able to return this year. But Kyrie still has some great pieces. He has, I think, Spencer Dinwiddie is tall enough to run the two. Joe Harris at the three. DeAndre Jordan or Jared Allen running the center. And just a role player running the power forward. I just... They're still a great... I think they're kind of like last year's Celtics team. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. They might, though. We don't know. Um, the 
obviously Paul George and Kawhi Leonard happened during the offseason. Los Angeles Clippers just went off. They signed Kawhi Leonard, signed Paul George. Actually, they traded for Paul George before signing Kawhi Leonard. Excuse me. And I think they might have gave up a little bit too much for Paul George. I think they had a great young core going with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shea Gilgis-Alexander and others. I just, I think they're for the now right now, but they could have had a great future, but they could win some championships now. I also don't think Paul George will come back for a while. He did have two surgeries on his shoulder that he is still recovering from, so we'll see how they perform. Um, Obviously, Harden and Westbrook, I think it was one of the most fair trades between the Rockets and the Thunder. Because the Rockets and the Thunder, because Thunder are trying to rebuild and the Rockets are trying to, to compete. Giannis and Giannis and who, Henry? Chris Middleton. Um, obviously, Chris Middleton is not. This is kind of a low superstar duo. Giannis is obviously the clear number one guy here. Middleton was an all-star last year, so give him credit for that. And that's a very good duo. I think them and the 76ers could be realistically the only two teams at the moment competing for a championship while KD's still out for the Nets. You mean in the Eastern Conference, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond... Good front court. Front court is not the greatest game right now, especially Drummond being a low post kind of guy. He gobbles up a lot of rebounds, though. Definitely look for him in fantasy. Blake Griffin developed a three-point shot. The I don't know if he will come back 100% healthy because he did have a knee surgery over the summer, which that knee has had a lot of surgeries. So I do not know what will happen. Curry and D'Lo. Um, that's a duo for now because Clay will not be ready for the start of the season. I think he'll come back three-fourths through the season because being Clay, he's really tough and able to do that. D'Lo will run the two. Curry will run the one. And when Clay comes back, he will run the three. Luca and Kristaps. Just, I think, a pick-and-pop machine right there. Luca can either take the three, pop it out to Kristaps for the three, or a pick-and-roll. And Kristaps right now, if you see in Instagram photos, he's looked absolutely ripped. And I think he's going to have a very good season in his first year back since that horrific torn ACL. And I think that just about wraps it up for our first podcast. We just want to say... If any, if you find any flukes or anything we should do wrong or right that we've been doing wrong, just contact us somehow. There's probably a comment. We don't really know. This is our first time uploading. You can comment on our Instagram at hen l or hen underscore l underscore pod, or you can add us on Snapchat. My, me, I'm uh, H Nathan underscore one, and 
I don't have Snapchat, but you can find me on the bio from the Instagram. Just tell us what we've been doing wrong, and we'll see you next time. There's actually one more thing that we need to add in. Um, Usually... We probably won't have questions, but for the first video, we do have a few questions. Right, we forgot about the questions. Um, at Sam Nemeth, S Nemeth underscore 31 asked, Do you think, although it's three weeks from now, Chase Young and the Ohio State defense will be able to lock down Jonathan Taylor? I personally do. I think Chase Young is the 2020 NFL Draft first pick. He- Watching the Michigan State game, he, I don't think, I think he's the best player on the team. I I think he's better than Justin Fields, although you can't really compare. I just, 6'5", 270, and he's quick. He, he's great at the swim move. I noticed that getting between our, getting between our guard and, guard and tackle, not tackle, but, Anyway, um, I think he can, but I still think Jonathan Taylor can't be stopped. He's one of those players that can't be stopped. He can be slowed down. 150 yards rushing and a touchdown is being slowed down for Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Because and of Wisconsin's poor passing offense. And another question asked by at EE or at E Endelman 5. He asked, is Izzo dropping the bag on all these recruits? And my answer to that is no. Izzo is not a recruit or a coach that usually drops or that ever drops money in that case. And he could give money to players because these players aren't very highly recruited. And they're four stars, but there's no reason for Izzo to give them money. There's no reason for any coach to give any players money, but Izzo is not a type of coach that will give players money. Although, I do think in 2021, they will actually make a rule for a certain amount that a coach will allow to give a player. Because in 2021, I don't know if you knew this, they are the NBA is allowing teams or players to go to the draft from senior year of high school, which I think is a year NBA. NBA teams should should stock up on NBA draft picks. They second round picks are valuable there um, because there's so many players and first round picks are valuable. I feel I do feel bad for the players in those two classes because a really good player might not get drafted because there's so many young guys who are going to get recruited to play in the NBA and there's no way that any chance that a senior is going to get drafted in the first round. So that's it for our first podcast. I want to thank you guys all for watching. Also to give a quick shout out to sports X podcast for giving us the idea of starting our own podcast. Um, you can also find them on anchor. Just follow our Instagram and DM us. Tell us what we did wrong. Tell us what you want us to do. Um, DM us some questions, and that would be it for our first pod. Thank you so much for watching, and this is the Hen L Podcast on Anchor.